Warning. The following podcast will contain spoilers for not only the game being discussed this week, but any games in the series, other games made by the same creative team, movies and TV shows that might be related or based on the same material or based on the game itself, movies and TV shows that might just be kind of related, pretty much anything we bring up on this show, you can count on it being spoiled, and this is your last warning. Alright, thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome back to Pac-Man's Search for Meaning, a podcast where we act like video games are literature. I'm Pan, they, them, and Hannah, who are you? Uh, I'm a Hannah, and my pronouns are she, her. Awesome. I thought I would try, um, maybe I should have run it by you before, but that's that's the new tagline for the podcast that I want to try this week. Okay. How is that striking? That that feels, let me hear it again. Let me like let it wash over me one more time. A podcast, Pac-Man's Search for Meaning, a podcast where we pretend video games are literature. I love that. Now, the second time hearing it, I like it just as much as the first time. A hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no notes. Thanks, I guess. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, you're welcome. Anyways, I don't know. This is a good week for that because we're talking about one that's got themes. It's it's pretty much all about the themes and the gameplay also. Um, so mm-hmm. whatever. It's Celeste. Celeste. Hannah, what is this game? Should I do my little blurb? That would be great. Oh, okay. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna just deep in. Deep dive. Get in it. It's a very short little blurb. Anyways, Celeste is a 2018 platformer. It was released by the Canadian game developers Maddie Thorson and Noel Berry. Uh, The game follows a young woman, and we're going to have to talk about her name. I was pronouncing it Madeline. Or Madeline. Yeah, I'm incl- I mean, Madeline is the yeah. more typical name. Madeline is like the is like the stretch, but I read it as Madeline yeah. first, and I wanted it to be Madeline, but I think it's Madeline. There's going to be some pronunciation discussion yeah. as we get into this. Exactly, we'll get in there. But back to the blurb. Madeline has decided to climb the Celeste Mountain, Sweet Mountain Celeste. While she's doing that, she comes across characters along the way. There's a ghost hotel owner. There's an old woman, there's a selfie-obsessed uh, fellow hiker, um, and there's also this character who is a personification of Madeline's inner self-doubt, who is referred to as part of me, or uh, sometimes she's referred to as, like, part of Madeline. Yeah, mm. and that's the game. You you do these, like, super hard platformer puzzly levels, uh, and you're trying to climb this mountain. Pretty much all there is to it. Yeah. Gotta say, um, when I pitched this game, I thought it was like a small, digestible game. Um, I had forgotten all the stuff about how it is known for being quite hard. Absolutely. And I was really not prepared for it. So I'm going to be honest, listeners, I know that you've come to expect more from me, but I'm not actually a very good gamer, and... I was also playing this on my not gaming specific laptop, mm-hmm. uh, which was less than ideal. So I did, honestly, I only got through a couple areas without cheating. And then I started doing infinite dash cheat. Yep. 
I mean, it's not a cheat, you know, it's an accessibility option. I, I think, yeah, it's not a cheat. I think there's this idea of, like, if you do anything to make a game easier, then that's a cheat. And traditionally, I think that's the way we talk about it. But I don't think that was, like, the intention of these assist mode accessibility tools. No, I yeah. don't think so. No. Although we can talk about how, in theory, some of it probably conflicts with some of what I would call like the themes and reinforcing the themes, maybe. But sure. I haven't fully cooked that idea, so sure. we'll get into it. I mean, that's the big stuff. Do we want to start with some of the smaller parts of it? I'll share my experience of playing the game, because I actually played sure. this one. I played this game. I did not play much of this game. Uh, because yeah, it is hard. <laughs> and I use the assist modes. Uh, I use various of them. Uh, but I think the dash, the infinite dash one was like the most helpful. I don't think this is ever going to be the type of gameplay that I'm going to enjoy. I really think this is a beautiful game, but I don't think like the gameplay for me is like what I'm going to always want to do if I am going to play a video game. So it was a nice stretch of, I don't know, my gaming consumption. I, I know the story. I've watched like the cutscenes. I know how the game progresses, um, progresses. But I don't. I don't think I'm going to finish playing this game. That's fair. Yeah, but we'll talk about like how the hardness and accessibility is tied into like the games. Those themes that you know that we're going to talk about. Because I do. I do right. think that they're intentionally. I do, I think it's hard for a reason. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I guess for to fully lay out my experience i did play the whole game i'm gonna be honest i i was playing through it over like two days and I, when i got to the end i noticed that there was another extra area and um then i forgot about it and then we were recording the show so i don't know anything about that but i do know what happens in it wild yeah so we'll get there um but yeah i think i probably again probably played areas one and two uh, without assist, went to infinite dashes for most of it, and then had to go to invulnerability somewhere towards the end. And I'm just gonna say, even with infinite dashes, this game's fucking hard. So hard. I didn't even get it to where it's like soup, like actually hard. As just like a, and I was playing on a laptop also. So I think it's to be fair to this game. I don't think keyboard tools are like good for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to reconfigure my keyboard thing a couple of different ways to even have it feel like usable. Yeah, I I I don't know. It's just really hard. It's the and I think the fact that you can reconfigure stuff and there are assi like assist modes is did make it like kind of possible for me to even play it as like someone who doesn't play right. games very often. So I don't think the game is like try is the, I think there's an important um, point in that I don't think they're trying to make the game inaccessible. I think some games are made to be so hard that you can like, wow, you played this game. It's so hard. We made it as difficult as possible. And if you are able to play this game, that makes you a very impressive, amazing gamer. Yeah, sure. I don't think that's what they're going for in this game. Exactly. No. But it is dang hard. Yeah, certainly. And yeah, I mean, even with like everything on like all the accessibility stuff for an inexperienced gamer it would still present a bit of a challenge i think just in terms of like navigation and even being you know dexterous enough to move around even with all your infinite dashes and stuff so 
it I gives you a little that. something, a little something to work on, a little challenge, kind of no matter where you're at. Absolutely. I think there is a certain like visual language to games that it had been a while since I'd played a game like this that I had to remember. Like if something's shaped this way, this motion is what's implied that mm. I think is so intuitive to like someone who's often gaming that I had to like relearn like, oh, okay, this is this is like the expected tools that I I need to jump and then I need to, you know, I need to um I keep wanting to say jet. I need uh, to close enough. I need to scoot over there. Uh, and yeah. then I need to walk on this very particular part of the ledge and like timing is important. There's like a certain just ba- and this is very, very basic gaming. There's a, that's its own kind of language that you're having to interact with that had been a minute since I played that type of game. Yeah, I uh, again, also, like you you were saying, this is this is not my kind of game. And I didn't really realize how much it wasn't my kind of game. Um until getting a ways into it thus the challenge for me i'm not really one for platformers in general nah. i can appreciate a little bit of platforming as part of a game but it's not really my thing no but that's okay yeah that's all right yeah i think uh well i guess we can kind of get into it as but you know since we've been talking about it i sure. think though there is i you know i read somewhere i think it was like the wikipedia where maddie the Maddie Thorson is talking about, um, or she's not talking about, but they're referencing how the platforming is supposed to, in some way, mimic uh, bouldering, which is a super yeah. difficult and problem-solving kind of physical activity. That is very hard. Yeah. So I feel like that is, you know, knowing that it's kind of coming from that place of, you have to figure out how to get your body to get you to where you want to go. Is the puzzle, sure. and you only have so much strength, and you can only jump so right. far, and you only got so many limbs, and it's it's super hard. It's technical. It's difficult. And if you and fortunately, as a you know the player, if I fall off this cliff or don't make it to the ledge, and you know just get absolutely destroyed by these icicles or something, it's okay because I can just do it again. Yeah. Or. I guess if I'm a person, a human person bouldering, you know, I can just safely try it again. Mm. It's that, like, idea that you have to be willing to, like, do the, solve the puzzle again, but it's hard. Sure. Yeah, I did die roughly 900 times in the first seven chapters before I turned on Invincibility. I have I I couldn't tell you how many times I died. I died infinite times <laughs> mm-hmm. i died a lot of times i could it doesn't it's irrelevant how many times i died i died so much um but fortunately they just let me die and kept kept me dying and it was okay yeah fine um okay what else so i guess we said we'd start with the smaller stuff so stuff in this game that is significant one thing that I, I'm kind of we probably should have talked about before um, in other games, soundtrack, The Witcher, Metal Gear Solid, you know, they had fine soundtracks, unmemorable to me, but they were there. I think The Witcher was sort of a classic like triple A fantasy soundtrack. Yeah. Had I, some good, good song. I mean, it's kind of like it's cinematic. You expect the soundtrack to a movie to be pretty good. 
Yeah. Even if it's not like something you're listening to all the time, you know. I I'm not listening to the Marvel soundtracks, but I know them and they're pretty good. And you're like, "Oh, that's pretty rousing." Okay. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. But um, I don't know. This one like the soundtrack of it is a discussion people who are into that sort of like I don't know if it's like chiptune or what have you, or kind of like video gamey synthy stuff. You know, they've got this on their iPods or their Zunes or whatever. Um, they definitely have their Zunes still. Yeah, and um, you know what? I liked it. It helped that I went into this thinking about soundtrack, but I said, "Oh, pretty good." It is. It's a beautiful soundtrack, and it's not always cheery. I think it does a nice job of in you know, different settings, giving you a different kind of sense of unease or anticipation. And in other moments, there's this more like, oh, we're just having a conversation. Isn't this a lovely scene by the fireside? And I think sometimes that like cutesy, um, like synthy music can come off as just cutesy and there's not Mm. much emotional uh, heft to it. But I feel like this uh, was able to be another storytelling factor in scenes to kind of setting that scene sonically yeah that sounds right to me gosh i don't even remember the soundtrack was of course like dynamic a little bit in that you know it was changing as you went but i don't remember how many like situational changes there were to it to um fit you know particular scene changes or like when stuff stuff happened you know yeah i mean i guess what the first example that comes to mind for me is when we're in the hotel and we have to deal with this now because i'm gonna i'm gonna bring him up mr oshiro 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 how do we want to pronounce it yeah i'm not sure um i'm inclined towards oshiro or um, more like oshiro okay mr oshiro is uh chasing you in the hotel right Things are getting a little tense. And there are a couple times where he gets like real, real mad, like big mad. Mm. And his head gets big and he's like, you know, he's mad at you. Yeah. In those moments, the music is a little bit more intense, you know, and that's like basic video game soundtrack stuff. But he also. And movie makes, soundtrack. And movie stuff. soundtrack stuff. Exactly. Um, so that's pretty straightforward. You know, I think that's the one of the more like dynamic moments. Often the music is a little bit more subtle than that because you're spending, a, I, you know, I would say you probably spend more time doing in the different sections like platforming than you are mm. in cutscene. I don't know. Would that be fair yeah. to say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're mostly doing the, you're doing the dang thing uh, and trying to live and trying to jump onto the next little ledge and that setting and music is less variant because you're kind of just in that place for a while. Does that make sure. sense? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, what I realized in trying to think about this is that maybe it would just be best to get into the beefy part of the conversation. And then when bringing the music back in seems relevant, we can talk about that. Sounds good. Cause I don't know how much I can say about music on its own. Um, seeing sound stupid but i don't know fair fair enough so yeah this this game this story this game let's just start with the base shit about this um 
this is like fundamentally a game about dealing with bad mental health and you know very explicitly the main character madeline is you know suffering from depression and panic attacks and anxiety and i mean it's a game that's very concerned about um having that discussion about like how to deal with those things basically and i think honestly as much as it's like not my thing this type of game and the way it's built and everything it's very suitable for like conveying those themes i would agree with that i found myself having like a micro experience or at least like having that connection to uh so there's frustration in the game and there's self-doubt in the game in like the gameplay or at least my experience of it like man i'm never gonna like get to that ledge um so that's like low level like i'm frustrated i'm doubting myself i don't feel good (laughs) good about this experience in me and i'm not cut out for this so that's like the very base level uh but then being able to connect that very straightforward experience to times when i've doubted myself or times when i've gotten when i've had panic attacks or when i haven't felt so good about myself and having to being able to like relate that that feeling that gameplay to <laughs> sorry sweet scooter thank you for for doing that thanks being able to relate this gameplay experience to my real life experience of of that self-doubt or anxiety or you know not feeling so hot sure yeah obviously not obviously but i guess it would have come up by now so maybe it's obvious to the listeners i'm not a therapist nor am i even like super studied in mental health stuff but i mean i'm dealing with it on a pretty regular basis and I don't know, probably going to risk sounding a lot like someone who's been in therapy for just the first few months because I am. But I mean, a lot of this, you know, it feels like very, I don't know, classic therapy advice about dealing with mental health, particularly like the thing that occurred to me. I don't know if this is getting ahead of ourselves, but like much of the game, you're... um I forget. It's very early on. I can't remember where you go to the mirror and bad Madeline or Badeline comes out. And, you know, from that point on, you're kind of running from this evil reflection of yourself. And I guess, first of all, and maybe we could talk about this for a second, the running from your negative emotions is like one of the most stressful things in this game. Yeah, she is. I I think part of me or is the is the villain for a lot of the game definitely whether it's like specifically trying to run away from bad madeline or i probably i think the time i died the most was when you make mr oshiro angry and he starts chasing you and by you i mean she bad you makes him angry and he starts chasing you and it's kind of like a boss fight effectively that was difficult, but I mean, I don't know. It seems like it's making the point whether it's like you're, you know, intentionally engaging in like internal fights with yourself or letting the negative side of you come out and lash out at other people um, is something that just creates more problems in your life. And then they kind of manifest that in gameplay, which is neat to me. I agree. I think they make the the argument fairly simply because I think if they were trying to make it 
hyper specific or or too real. I think by giving it this sort of fantastical space, uh, the scenery of this weird mountain with its weird hotel and all of like the weird artifacts that are around, um, gives it a little bit of distance from real life. It's pixelated. We don't see their faces super specifically, except for in those cutouts of dialogue. Right. The pixel art style is, um, and the whole kind of like style of the game is, it's not hyper realistic. It's uh, there's there's like it's a softer version of reality, mm. which kind of allows uh, again that distance, and yet it 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 is it rings very true. There's an a, an accuracy to the that experience. Um, even if it is a pixelated video game sprite. Sure. One second. You can keep going, but I'll be right back. Sure. I assume that this is going to be our scooter minute here. I can't really tell. We're, We're on a video call, and I don't know, listeners, what's going on over there. Um, but... I mean, it's safe to say that Scooter is just causing problems, as she always does. So, welcome back. Sorry, Scooter making uh, little sounds. Couldn't stay in the Um, moment. I couldn't stay fresh. Yeah, that'll get you. Okay, so, yes, the art style. You are kind of, you know, alluding to that. Um, or more than a loot, whatever. Anyways, art style. I mean, the bulk of the game is fair, I guess, 8-bit pixel mm-hmm. graphics. And I don't have any theories, but uh, maybe there's something to it. I don't know. Do you feel like using that retro style and whether it's the retroness of it or just the like minimalist nature of it, does that reinforce any of the stuff you know the themes about mental health what have you or any of the other themes um i i wonder if it's more of like a storytelling well i mean i don't my first reaction to that is that i don't necessarily think the idea is like when you are and i don't think this is what you're saying but that like when you're depressed or you're anxious that like there the world becomes pixelated i guess that maybe is like the idea of like you don't feel like the world is quite normal or like you can't like Mm. see things as they are, but potentially I think what I more think is going on is that it's a way to give the message. Here is a way that I can express to you how this feels without it just being like, here's this sad person who's like, if, if we made it like super realistic, it would be like a, a human looking like regular 3d, super wonderfully realistic graphics and then they're actually like climbing a mountain sure and like the part of me was this like horror character again like hyper realistic but like a little spooky like there's a like there's a way that this game could be instead of having this like fairly cute aesthetic i don't know cute makes it sound like less impactful i mean most of the game is pretty cute though it is pretty it is pretty darn cute how did you find another thing to make noise with what no no She's Scooter's really talented. You little um, terrorist, Scooter! You're gonna get fired. Oh, uh, no, you're good. I mean, I don't. I it's probably not their intention. I mean, it seems like just part of not only Maddie's style, but also a sort of necessary part of the style of being an incredibly small studio. And I think, 
I mean, really, like, mostly a one-person operation with, you know, some other people that are involved. But I guess, like, having it be so minimal, intentional or not, does kind of allow you to project, you know, parts of yourself on the situation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think as, as like, a, as like a style of art, whether it be, like, written or like a movie or music that like minimalism allows there to be more space for you as the person viewing or uh, ingesting or engaging with the art uh, in a way that you can't quite place yourself in if it's, if everything's given to you, if you have all of the information. Definitely. And, you know, let's go back to like the last game we talked about the Witcher. If Geralt had been the person doing the stuff in this game, he would be constantly like grumbling to himself mm-hmm. and making expressions and talking about like i don't know how he feels about the situation which is fine when you're making a game where you're Geralt but you're Geralt at that point you know yeah. you can't you're either in his shoes or not but um there's not a choice to be you know there with him he is him which is kind of you know not to get back into the witcher conversation and it's been peek behind the curtain it's been a second since we did that uh episode since we recorded it so i don't remember if we talked about this but just as far as like a role-playing game goes it's kind of funny that he is such a fully cooked character despite it being ostensibly a game where you're doing role-playing where you can make choices and like choose your path and stuff yeah, I mean, it's not quite like D&D where, like, you are building that character around yourself and, like, you're making all of those little choices. Sure. You get to play as, like, a, like you said, like a fully formed character that's given to you that you've, in theory, if this is, if you were, if you were playing The Witcher 3 as, like, the third game, there probably weren't a whole lot of play, people who played all three of the games, but if you had mm. and read the books, there's so much lore, there's so much about this character that, like, there's not a whole lot of room for yourself. It's a different type of storytelling. Yeah, certainly. And it honestly doesn't pay that much to, like, compare these two. They're, they're I mean, not on the furthest ends of what um, games can be, but they're, they're pretty far apart mm-hmm. in terms of how games be. So let's focus on the game at hand. Celeste, what were we talking about? I they're, don't know. Move art. on to another thing. <laughs> All right. We talked about their art. Art's cute. Art is cute. Um, there's more to say. But very cool art. I enjoyed Mm -hmm. it. Honestly, the actual more detailed art stuff is very much not my style. But it was nice and, you know, again, cute. Conveyed quite a bit uh, without very much there, which is cool. Uh, Cool achievement on their part. Yeah. I will say one thing more about, like, the art before we move on. Is there is something nostalgic about that style of art? That mm. kind of plays to if you're someone who's been playing games for long enough that you remember graphics that looked like this. Like there are games that I've played. I'm talking more about like Pokemon, which is not a platformer, but it's similar, sure. low quality, like not a whole lot of like uh, detail. We're just looking at those beautiful pixels, but you're still like able to interpret it as like a game and like what's going on in it. Sure. But in Celeste, as much as like it's a small small studio and that maybe like part of just like the pragmatic reason why it looks like that i suspect that there is like an artistic reason that they went for that type of aesthetic as well yeah probably 
I don't have anything smart to say about it. <laughs> they probably did it for that reason. Yeah, I bet. Swinging to another thing. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It it again feels like it is bringing kind of base level therapy advice to the people um, who maybe can't afford therapy or can't get in with therapists. Um, anyone out there who has tried and probably knows it's not that easy to uh, get therapy, uh, especially in the United States where we are based. Yeah, there aren't that many therapists. There's too many people yeah. who need it. There's insurance coverage doesn't cover it. Uh, it's incredibly expensive. There's, you know, like who gets to get the help? Regionalism, all that. You know, there's lots of lots of things that are barriers to healthcare and mental healthcare. Y'all know. Y'all know. Yeah, you get it. You get but <laughs> so the thing is, the the message, or one of the other messages, I guess, the whole hotel Mister Oshiro thing. You know, it feels very like an on the nose thing that my therapist has kind of told me. Like, basically, you're she's letting herself get distracted by the side thing of going through the hotel, helping Mr. Oshiro clean up the place, and kind of getting frustrated. But, you know, it's out of what seems like I mean, textually, it's it's her, you know, being a people pleaser and kind of letting her sort of pity for Oshiro like force her to um spend a ton of time helping him out and it's a frustrating sequence in the game and it's compounded by the fact that Oshiro kind of barely acknowledges that you're helping him yeah but you know it's it kind of in a simple way makes the again pretty not that deep therapy advice that's like don't don't pour your energy onto other people, especially when you're trying to do something else. Like it's not yeah. bad to help people, but understand the reasons why you're doing it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think Mr. Uh, Oshiro is also an example of someone who gets stuck on. He's stuck in this place. I mean, he's a ghost, and there's the whole haunting thing. Sure. And this idea of like always kind of looking back to this heyday, or like it's gonna be good. That there's no like no ability for him to just be in the moment, and even in like appreciating the help he's getting, he's not able to like accept that for what it is, for like the help that it is, and is more like it's gonna be great. I'm it, like this this hotel is is the best hotel, and you gotta mm -hmm. stay here. And um, being stuck in that kind of cycle of, but I hate it, but I hate you. I don't know. There, I think he's his own kind of case study and you gotta move on also yeah true true yeah well, that's a whole whole other thing we could have a game about mr oshiro probably probably do we want to talk about uh, our other characters maybe yeah probably um who do you want to start with we can start with theo our sweet friend okay. yes what's up with theo what is up with theo he loves selfies that's true what is Theo bringing to us? Because, I mean, he's not exactly someone to aspire towards, but, I mean, he's sort of um, at least the counterpoint to Madeline in that, you know, they're both up there climbing kind of to get away. But, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's not like Theo's living in the moment as we think of it exactly, but, you know, he's there soaking it in, loving it, 
Yeah. Um, I mean, he is living in the moment through the lens of social media. The idea that, like, it only matters and is significant if I document it. Mm, yeah. So I think the fact that he does take selfies repeatedly is not, you know, obviously not by accident. I mean, they are, like, important moments that give us sure. sort of an idea of, like, m- times when the characters are together or things that they're doing. But also this idea that, like, he almost feels like he has to. Uh, Maybe. Maybe I'm, like, pushing a little bit on, on the... <laughs> You know, with with all these things, like, you know, making it bigger than it is. But mm-hmm. the idea that, like, he has to take a picture of it so that it matters. Yeah. Um, I can't tell if either you or I are projecting on it. Because, speaking for myself, I certainly have ideas about, like, social media usage and the kind of weird pathologies that kind of play into that and stuff. And it does seem like the game is saying something about it. But it's I can't tell what exactly because it's like I mean it's using like a a cultural trope that already exists of like being social media obsessed and taking selfies. It's this kind of like vapid, pointless endeavor. But the few times that it happens in the game, I mean it's progressively done like and presented in a more positive light. Mm-hmm. And even like the first one where mm-hmm. it's like she's not really that happy it is still like kind of a milestone for the game they all are milestones for the game yeah i think i i i agree with that that uh madeline becomes more comfortable with the pictures as they happen and they are i mean they're taken at points when they're not in active danger like these things there are these uh like you said little signposts this is where we are tracking like the progress in the game. And they are they're no, they're not like by himself, right? He's usually right. taking a selfie with someone else. Yeah. With Madeline, but with other people sometimes. So I think there is maybe even like the argument that these selfies are that your initial reaction is, "Oh, how vapid." But this is a community building. This is like bo- this is a way that they build their bond is taking this picture. Right. And that's lovely. Yeah. Let me run this by you. Uh-huh. It's it's not something that I've really considered very hard, but um, could you make the case that part of it is like, I mean, since the game is sort of uh, over the course of it, it's Madeline like wrestling with her internal demons and like struggling with her mental health. And, you know, I mean, it's not shit. This is another. OK, I'm like having a thought in the middle of my thoughts. So I'm just going to throw another one in the middle just to put a pin in it. Do you think, I mean, the fact that it is, like, it's a non-linear path between beginning and end in terms of, like, getting to the top of the mountain um, Mm kind of reflects the often brought up thing that, like, mental health and recovery from mental health issues is, like, it's not, it's not a straight line is what people are always saying. So that's one thought that I'm going to put a pin in. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. The progressive, like, ease and comfort of the selfies thing maybe sort of reflects the fact that like when you're in a bad place emotionally mentally i mean just speaking for myself but i think it's kind of common you don't want to see yourself you don't want to look at a mirror Mm -hmm. which is i mean that's another motif in this game but also you don't want to look at pictures of yourself um, and you don't want people taking pictures of you and by the end of the game when she is be stressed to say that she's like all better but you know has come to terms with some stuff she is way more comfortable with it Mm -hmm. so i mean in that way i guess it it 
kind of plays into the themes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I th- I mean, it gives us, you know, Theo is a character who seems fairly self-assured and is very yeah. uh, able and happy to take a picture of himself uh, and seems more like certain of himself, of what he is as a, as an entity. <laughs> but in bringing this kind of confidence of, I, uh, you know, I'm going to take a picture of myself doing this thing. Look how cool I'm on this mountain. The sense of pride, uh, empowerment in the selfie, and then sharing that with uh, Madeline that she's, you know, becomes more and more comfortable with that as right. she's kind of working on, you know, the issues that make her not want to take that picture of herself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Theo is at least a good example of kind of um, faking it till you make it. Yeah. And again, um, I mean, maybe I missed something. I was pretty tired for parts of my playing this, but um, I don't know how much like the actual cutscenes and stuff present it as like he's rubbing off on her. But it does at least, you know, present a useful character who does something that's like that at least I find helpful. Yeah. You see like that part where the um, the lift breaks and Mm -hmm. like. We should talk about that more, him keeping her calm. But specifically, he was kind of the rock. He was like, everything's okay, what have you. And then once they get off at the end, he was like, yeah, I thought we were going to die. Yeah. I thought we were done for. <laughs> it's like, I yeah, no, I had no hope for that working out. Yeah. Well, and like, I think he's a character that when he shows up, you're excited. Like, oh, what a relief. Yeah. He's here. And then when, and I think in that, in that particular moment that you're talking about, he does. I mean, he he is the type of person who's like, uh, or character, who has um, potentially like better coping mechanisms. As much as he thinks like, oh, we're gonna die. Um. So is that foolishness? Is he being naive by trying to keep positive? Um. Or is that a way that he's able he's able to get them through that situation? I mean, in that situation, it definitely you know saves the day. Yeah. So I don't know. We should talk about that real quick, though, Mm because I think that's another kind of cool thing. And it's like, I mean, it's maybe the most like direct one to one. They made a game mechanic and like a story element that's like, hey, here's um, us teaching you just one way that you can, um, you know, practice mindfulness and breathing uh, Mm -hmm. to cope with panic attacks or more just generalized anxiety. One I had never heard before. Um, yeah, the feather. The feather. And that one, you know, I don't know how much there is to say about it. It's pretty much straight up like, hey, you're having a panic attack? Try this feather thing. And to to um, help hammer that home, we're going to make you do it with buttons in the game. Yeah. No, I, I thought that was uh, the fact that it wasn't it's a pretty short moment that it was, I think... I I would have to look at it again, but I feel like the art style of the feather is slightly different than the games, like the platforming style. So it felt a little different. Yeah, the feather is it's more in the style of the um like the in- talking head stuff. Yeah. So it feels a little bit uh you're a little outside the game. It creates a little step outside to like the the real world. It or I don't know. It's not real world, but so you're not sure. in the game play you're slightly outside it yeah maybe i should have thought about this before but um it didn't even occur to me you know the feather is like such a strong image at a couple points 
but I totally didn't think about it that in one some somewhere in the later levels you start there's like feather power-ups basically where you jump on a feather and it allows you to kind of jet around like a guided missile for a second i don't know if those things are related i mean i think they are i don't think there's a whole lot of accidents in this game because it is a pretty tidy Mm -hmm. story yeah so even if it's not like a a a, you know in-depth connection i do suspect you're supposed to see that feather and be like oh i remember feathers are important it's related to breathing you know mindfulness i don't know Mm. yeah yeah i don't know i've always had a hard time with like very conscious breathing it makes me think about my breathing too much and Mm. then it makes me nervous on top of that sure but i think you you know you do it long enough it's less i think i always (laughs) i don't know you find a way i i don't think the the feather thing didn't make me too nervous but um yeah i thought it was an effective visual and gameplay way to bring in you know a very straightforward thing that you hear all the time about you know breathing breathe just breathe Uh, right that kind of thing but have it be conscious and thoughtful in those moments yeah 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 um what else uh the old lady let's talk about old lady yes old lady she what about the old classic old lady that she knows something that she's not telling you but then she does tell you and she's she's like a (laughs) she's like your your guide she's Mm. she's uh at the beginning she's like don't go on the mountain wink wink do go on that mountain right um and then kind of shows up periodically to in places that make no sense for her to show up. But of course she's going to show up there. Classic old lady style. Mm. And is supportive, but also like kind of silly, laughs at you <laughs> a lot. And with you, I guess. There's a lot of laughing at you. There's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mostly, mostly, at, I think. mostly at you. She's a she's a more kind of direct support of character. Yeah, this all lines up. She doesn't, I mean, of the other characters, she has the least, like, um, well, she's there the least, I think, and, yeah, I don't know, has the least bearing on, like, gameplay. Yes. Yeah, you don't um, interact with her in the, she's, she, you show up to a place and she's there, rather than, like, yeah. I gotta do this, I gotta go up to this place with her. It's, yeah. Mm. You get to this outpost, and she also gets to the outpost. You fall right. down the whole mountain, she's there with you. Where's yeah. the <laughs> She seems to be kind of like part of the mountain, part of like the magic of this place. Right. And I mean, I guess she's also, um, if we could give it something just to say that it's more tied in, um, I don't know, having an old lady be doing the stuff that you're doing kind of with ease, in a way embodies um, kind of another... I don't know if it's that helpful or good or smart, but, you know, um, a thought process that I need to have sometimes is just like, hey, like, what you're struggling with, other people have done this, do do this, yeah, and, like, have got through it. So, you know, don't lose sight of that. Yeah. Similarly, this old lady is doing all the stuff you're doing, so, like, yeah. it's okay that you're struggling, <laughs> but remember that, like, this is all doable. Don't it's worry all about it. Let's have a little laugh about it because of how yeah. <laughs> normal it is. Ha 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 ha. 
I my yeah. I don't even have a whole name. My name is Granny. So yeah, ha 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 ha. Yeah, I, I'm not going anywhere. I am the mountain. Me and Celeste are the same. Mm. Wow. Whoa. But you can do this. Don't even worry about it. Mm. Yeah. Um. Other two people who come up who. I don't know. The mom. Um, I kind of forget. But I mean, the mom doesn't say much or do much. She's just on the phone. Yeah. I mean, she's like a this character that's connected to the real world and like real concerns. Um, and right. like child parent relationships can be complex. I don't know. I think the mom was just like an ex- for me was this character that's. Not, like, the central villain or anything. Like, it's not that kind of parent-child relationship. But it is, like, one of those things that's causing... That's, like, in the mix of her life, but not on the mountain. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, same with the the green-haired person in the dream phone call. Yeah. So, that's a curious one. Um, And it's not really... We don't get that much to go on there. We were talking just before the call kind of about some of the real world stuff about the developer, um, Maddie, old Maddie, what's her name? Thorson. Thorson. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, Maddie Thorson. Um, But I mean, stuff that we know about her, some of it, I guess, came out post um, the release of this game. And kind of like if you look at the main game, not including the DLC, it's not like super there in the text but regardless um you know plays into an interpretation that i can't tell and maybe you have a thought on this like i'm torn between thinking the person on the phone was like a a partner or something who madeline had recently broken up with and that's what sort of sent her into a spiral or just given that we know maddie thorson is transgender mm-hmm. and roughly at the time of the development and release of this game, was sort of figuring some of that stuff out, changing her name, etc. Is the person on the phone, you know, like her, gosh, I should know the more sensitive way to say this, but like previous identity that she's leaving behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, transitioning and um, all the stuff that goes into that kind of, it seems like it would fit the same thing as um maybe not the same thing you know but fill a similar role as the other interpretation that i have of it being like a breakup in that it's a thing that shakes your life up can be traumatic in some ways and difficult and might sort of send you on a journey i think that's a a totally valid reading of that encounter i kind of wish that they had explored that character a little bit more I think it gives us a little bit and I and I I'm all about mystery and this this game is not spoon feeding anything to you really. There's not a whole lot of narrative. So each hmm. little bite of it is is pretty tasty. But I just wondered if we're I wish if we were going for that more like complex reading. Um and and that may not have been something that like they had the capacity to do. As, you know, they have so much game and so many characters, and they didn't feel like they needed to explore that character much more. But I kind of wanted there to be more of them. Yeah, it would have been good if it showed up at least one more time. Yeah, I think one more time would have been great. Yeah. Um, I don't think it deserved 
too much time. I don't think like that character is no. like the vi- like that's it doesn't have the same weight as bad bad Adeline. Part of me, um, part of Madeline, because mm. that's more of the story. It's like an internal story. So having this external character. Um, and that relationship be like the central thing is not the story that this game is trying to tell. Right. But I was, I was wanting a little bit more, just a, like a little bit more, or maybe even that have that interaction, have like a couple more back and forths. Um, sure. And, and I, I think that was an interesting relationship, whether it's like a, a romantic partner or an, imp- some other kind of important relationship or having an, this other conversation with the self, this like idea of this like former self. Right. I think that's very compelling. So I, I kind of wish we got a little bit more of that. Yeah, but it does at least function the story again. Um, I think kind of a relatable mental health thing, you know, just having a breaking point. I mean, that sounds more dramatic, but like having, you know, a person who might embody um, a situation that, you know, sends you down a bad path. Uh, that's something that I've definitely dealt with. I think a lot of other people, you know, struggling with mental health have maybe similar stories where you're going along. Maybe you're not doing great, but you're managing, and then some stuff happens, and then suddenly you're climbing a mountain or whatever. Yeah. I think, I mean, relationships ending, um, it's like a big deal, whether that's a friendship or a romantic relationship or family relationships or if it's like some sort of connect like work or school some type of setting and like group of relationships i definitely know that like the those relationships should end sometimes um and that's very good but like that break can be painful and that i could connect to that how that yeah brings back like old habits or old persistent like bad thinking styles yeah so that that i can vibe with that yeah um a quick aside listeners i don't know i think the microphone picks this up and just given that it's happening while we're talking i might be hard to edit it all out and maybe i'll leave it in so that this makes sense there is a dog that is is frequently outside the window Um, yeah i think it just really loves its owner and wants more love, maybe? That's what my hope is, that that dog's always barking, is wanting yeah, love. I guess. That's one way to interpret it. <laughs> or is very anxious. Let's not dwell on that. But anyways, oh, it's... that seems like a <laughs> probability. I mean, but... it's no question it's an anxious dog. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there could be a lot playing into that. True. Other things about Celeste. Um... Can we talk about the way that characters talk in this game like you mean the way that their voices sound yes and the dialogue okay let's talk about dialogue but also the way they talk their speech okay sure yeah i yeah i've got some unclear thoughts about like just the sound of the speech in the game Um, yeah so hit me i don't know get it started it it kind of reminds me of i think it's animal crossing and the sims where it's mm. kind of uh, familiar. Like, you know that there's words and phrases, and every once in a while it kind of lines up. Yeah, I think mostly the, like, syllable sounds match up with the syllables of the words. Yeah, but it's 
it's it's not even that it's just distorted. It is not totally English words. Like yeah. there's moments where like, oh, that sounds kind of familiar, um, but it's not that. So we have these forms that don't totally in that the like the, the art style that are not hyper realistic, and then this language, this like spoken type of speaking, which um, is typical in a lot of games. These where it's similar to speech but not dialogue. No one's saying it. Yeah. I don't know. I wondered. Like one, it makes sense stylistically to to have that kind of speech. I don't know. To go back to Pokemon, <laughs> um, you're not hearing like dialogue, but you hear like a little sound while they're talking. Um, this yeah. is like more more complex than that. Sure. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of these things, whether it's Mario or Pokemon, like things that are kind of. I mean, this is intentionally working within the constraints of older games, but those older games, I think it would it would just be kind of like a, I don't know what you would describe it as, but kind of a computery sound of mm-hmm. s- words are happening right now. Yeah. Um, beep, beep, and beep, I can't beep, recreate beep, beep, it with my mouth. But Yeah, you can. I tried and it fa- I failed just now. Yeah, that was extremely not it. Sorry. It's everyone. okay. Um, but yeah, this kind of meets in the middle c- between... Um, it's like evocative of voice without being it. Yeah. I don't know. I just wondered, like, this is not a limitation of technology. They could have had dialogue. Sure. It is a stylistic choice. And right. I wondered how that also kind of fit into the whole aesthetic of the game. Well, there's a factor that, I mean, getting a fully voice acted game granted there's not that much voice acting to be done in this game but that's it's a difficult thing just to get voice acting done and i mean it's um it's difficult for a you know a developer that's working at um such a pretty like bare bones minimalistic level but also i guess um i mean maybe the same way as like i don't know if this is just an intentional or just a uh you know unintended kind of outcome but the same as like the pixel art style making it easier to project a little bit of what you're feeling on you know this little pixelated sprite having the dialogue be not fully voice acted and not words and stuff um you know allows you to do a little bit of the work internally to get some of the meaning there granted they kind of do a cool thing where it's surprisingly expressive despite the fact that it's like Mm -hmm. it's like simlish or gibberish or whatever it's you know when madeline is like annoyed you can hear an annoyance in the silly voice and each of the characters voices like whenever you hear theo it's always going to be in a similar pitch like we have the the sound of Theo's voice, even if it isn't words that we're hearing and the normal things right. that we pick up on human language. Um, yeah, I think that there's like obviously a lot of effort in making to make it the the electronic vocals sound like or have like the elements that expressive elements of of speech rather than just right. the beeping of well, even like the beeping of Pokemon has like some sort of expressive vibe, but um, sure. There's definitely a lot of of effort put into like the tone and the speed of it, like the music of mm. the the beeps and boops. Yeah, I think I just was thinking about how like 
you're reading the dialogue in this game. And there's like a couple times that you can pick what dialogue happens, but there's not yeah. not a whole lot. That's not really a huge part of the game. Um, but the sound is happening while you're reading it. So it's sort of this mix of like, I, you know, that internal dialogue reading voice and then that sound of the character, this fusion of like my voice and Theo's voice or Madeline's voice. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that means anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe there's something there. Um, it is making me think, and I don't know how much I have to say about this, but like sound design in the game, I don't know, very obviously intentional. Two things, bringing it back to music. One thing that I thought was cool, and this is more just a random aside, but um, I'm not sure if you got into any of the places where there was water to be under, but I think it's fun that when you're underwater, the music sounds muffled. Yeah. Uh, that's just a fun little touch. That's cool. They didn't have to do that. No. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you, Maddie. Um, But the other thing is, this was a point of frustration, and I don't know if it was intentional or an oversight or they didn't care, whatever. There's a point... I think I was especially thinking about it again in the Oshiro, like, if you want to call it like a boss part where he's all big mad. The music is like, it definitely doesn't sync up with like the world behavior timing wise Mm -hmm. um, in a frustrating way. And what's annoying sometimes um, is that it's like so close that like I'm trying to time it in my head so Mm -hmm. that I can like do these jumps. And I'm also listening to the music. And maybe, I mean, it's partially at least, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm so special because I'm a musician. I think non-musicians do this too, but it's a little more ingrained in me that like I'm I'm stuck like in the rhythm and it's frustrating that the rhythm of the music is not matching up with the rhythm of like the jumps I need to make. Yeah, I wonder if that's intentional or the way that the game is built, but I kind of feel like there's, I don't know, I want to give this game a lot of credit. Right. Because uh, I think there's a lot of things that are done on purpose, even within their limited capabilities, in that they're not like a huge developer. There's not like hundreds yeah. of people working for them. They're obviously sure. like, incredibly talented. It's not like a lack of skill. It's just human work, effort, labor, energy. Yeah. In a way that like I wouldn't give, a, I want to give them credit in a way that I wouldn't always give other games just because of how thoughtful it is. Sure. But I don't know mysterious yeah something to think on maybe before we wrap up i'll have a breakthrough on that but uh not counting on it um what else okay i thought that i'm trying to nail down um again a frequent refrain so far in this episode feels like stuff that i expect to hear from a therapist Almost stereotypical, but it's cool that the game makes a point of, like, making you do it, basically. Towards the end, you have to, like, actively pursue the bad part of you. Um, And it's really fucking hard, but you have to, like, chase her. And instead of, like, other points where you're basically, like, bonking the enemy characters on the head, if that's what you want to call them, um, rather than doing that, it's... I mean, it seemed more like uh, trying to, like, physically embrace the, you know, challenging. Uh, it's It doesn't even feel right to call it bad, especially in the context of this game. But, you know, the, the less pretty part of yourself. 
part of me. I liked the title part of me. I don't like, but yeah, uh, you know, I I think that there's like an interesting transformation in that character that you you start as enemies, you end allies, not like easy allies, but that is a part of you. I think that's a very yeah. interesting argument or message that anxiety and depression and self doubt are part of you, and that you can't totally abandon that part of you. Um, yeah, you have to embrace that sense of that you're just because you say like i'm not gonna be anxious anymore isn't gonna make you not anxious that's just a part of your your body that's part of your mind that's part of you and i think that this game does uh in the way that you know i think that that break of i'm gonna just leave that part of me you gotta stay here i'm getting out of here that doesn't work that that would seem like the story version of what would solve that but that she has to like come together and i think that that i think you use the word embrace yeah yeah i agree that's very interesting and the game kind of acknowledges too you know um i forget where and kind of in the timeline but it sort of revealed that even separate from you know her anxiety and depression physically manifesting she'd been trying to you know she'd Brings up her bad coping mechanisms, which were, I think, drinking and arguing with people online or something mm-hmm. like that. And so having it be this big feature of like basically showing that unhealthy coping mechanisms don't work and kind of just serve to bury a problem. And the things that you're trying to cope with are arguably there for a reason. And um, rather than drinking to cope or... Um, you know, distracting yourself by climbing a mountain or cleaning a hotel or whatever. Like, sometimes, often, maybe always, I'm not qualified to say, but um, facing the stuff head on is, like, the solution. How annoying. How annoying that it's hard. Again, <sighs> like... So hard. That's... Uh, okay. I don't know how we should tackle these two more things, I'm thinking. But okay. one, once you do, like get together with the part of me, part of Madeline, Madeline, um, whatever. She, like, helps you so much. <laughs> she helps you jump around. She carries you up uh, a good ways, and that's all very cool and good, um, which uh, really seems like it's maybe saying something. Also, um, man, I had two thoughts, and I started saying one and forgot the other. Give me a second. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, the other thing, um, having a game about the process of dealing with, you know, mental illness and stuff be really hard and, um, require a lot of failing, basically, um, is again, I don't know, uh, fucking medium is the message type shit. Dealing with mental health is fucking hard and takes work and, like, effort mm-hmm. and, it is a slow and nonlinear process. And so just like the format of the game, I, I think reflects that in an interesting way. I agree. So hard. It's all so hard. Wow. Th- over it. Yuck. But also, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. All right. Um, real quick, because we're trying to fit this all in one episode this time rather yeah, than yeah, having yeah, yeah, to yeah. do another double. Um, so want to kind of get towards the end. Did you have anything to say about 
that stuff before I think probably the last thing I can think of is just to talk about the accessibility stuff. I think it is interesting that how big that shift is from enemy to ally. I mean, the last selfie in the game, I think, I think it's a lot in before you go into like the DLC is um that strawberry pie thing. Oh yeah. So depending on how many strawberries you get, you get like a different selfie and different response to your pie. It's either like, uh, I don't think this is, uh, I mean, I guess this barely qualifies as strawberry pie to, wow, this is the best thing I've ever put in my mouth. And like the pie in the image changes, but you have all of the characters in that picture and part of me is in that selfie and is kind of rude and terrible and wonderful or, you know, but like an ally. Hmm. And I think it's interesting, like, how... I think it took me a second to, like, totally figure out and... and Which I think is maybe, like, the, ga- the game's uh, point. But how are we supposed to interpret this... All of these, like, bad qualities uh, as good things? Mm-hmm. And that, like, oh, I'm going to take these... This darker side of myself and love that part of myself. And I don't think that's exactly what's happening. I think that it's the idea that you have to embrace that part of yourself as existing and being that way uh, rather than like just rejecting it. Because it is your if you hate that, then you hate that part of yourself. And self-hatred is not useful Mm. when you're trying to climb a mountain. It's hating yourself does not make it easier. Sure. (laughs) That embracing that part of yourself and loving that part of yourself is how you climb the mountain right and 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 maybe not being like super excited and how they behave uh that part of yourself it manifests but being like willing to cope with it in a loving way Uh, yeah i'm like too early in the process to really know exactly where this is gonna land for me but therapist is frequently saying you know stuff like anxiety and depression you know these are things that like a mentally healthy person can feel it's just that like it's supposed to be for a reason Mm -hmm. and so it's not like you want to never have anxiety i mean maybe that you know then you're the daredevil the man without fear but um but it's there for a reason (laughs) yeah to keep you safe you should feel anxious in certain situations and that's okay yeah i don't think anyone the coolest cucumber. If I was in that little trolley that was going across that wire over that crevasse that they were in, I would also be freaked out. I mean, I yeah. have anxiety, so like that would just be a default. But I think I would be extra anxious. Not like, oh man, I have to make a phone call to my doctor's office. Anxious. It'd be a different level of, oh my, my life. That's, you know, and that's probably more healthy than my fear of calling my doctor. Yeah, maybe. A little bit. Depending on my doctor, um, right? Yeah, Ew. some doctor is like Dr. Acula. Um, yep. You got to worry about that guy. Yep. He wants my blood. Yeah, he does. Um, He's a god. What's the word? Flip, phlebotomist. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yep. That's all he does. Anyways, um, that's a fun bit that we do. I don't know. That's accessibility. Let's talk about it. Accessibility. Because... Um, I mean, both that and the fact that the strawberries are a totally optional thing, and I don't know that I have time to address that totally as a separate feature, but, like, 
I don't know. It feels tied that like the strawberries are like an extra hard thing that you can choose to do and it has very little impact on the game and it's just a fun little bit at the end. And the accessibility stuff, it's made a point, you know, when you get to it, the assist stuff, I guess it's called. There's no shame in doing it. It is, you know, the developer wants the game to be accessible for everybody and playable to anybody who can reasonably use whatever apparatus to play a video game. And so, again, it feels like tied to mental health stuff, right? It's like... Pushing yourself shouldn't be a, a requirement, but something that you can do, and maybe you'll get a little something out of it. And similarly, asking for help shouldn't be a negative thing. It's like, you should be open to, um, you know, doing things that are hard, but there's nothing wrong with saying something is too hard for me, and I should find some way to ease that difficulty. Yeah, I agree. I think that you said that uh, so succinctly. Uh, did I suck all the air out of that? You Sorry. did. I I think, you know, I, again, I don't play uh, video games a whole lot. Uh, and this is kind of bringing me more and more into that world. But um, I don't think it's a secret that uh, video games and the, com- and the culture around it is fairly competitive to a uh, kind of toxic level at, in some corners of the video game world. Yeah. So having a game that is non-judgmental and kind of uh about about you know hey this is really hard but we want you to play it and like don't feel bad that it's it's hard like we acknowledge that it's hard but we still want you to play the game that is a uh a much more uh open and generous type of game than i think a lot of those more competitive style potentially just as hard games are yeah I think that's good for the whole gaming uh, universe because it's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to play it. Play is supposed to be fun. So true. Yep. I'm really breaking down barriers today. Wow. Wow. Yeah. We're taking a strong stance of um, people <laughs> should be able to play games. Yes. Yeah. I'm willing to make a whole thing about it. <laughs> exactly. I'm here to make those hot, hot takes. Big, huge. I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about the game of Celeste? No, I think oh, we... Oh, the DLC. Oh, oh. oh, the DLC. So, the DLC, uh, Farewell, I did not play. As I said earlier, I did not finish this game. But I did watch the uh, cutscenes. And as we would kind of mentioned before, uh, Madeline is uh, canonically transgender. She's a transgender woman. And th- one piece of evidence that uh, players got is in this dlc uh it starts with this animated scene more like the talking head scenes where uh she's waking oh. up and there is a transgender flag in her room so that i think was interesting but what is uh similar and different oh, scooter your timing come here <sighs> see she's pissed because my bathroom door is open uh. but her uh, food bag is closed so she's figured out that this way to annoy me won't work but a more like accurate way to what she wants way to annoy me is right there oh scooter just come here for a second we're almost done we're so close to being done and then i'll give you some food but you're gonna be so loud when i give you that food <sighs> so that dlc is mostly related to uh madeline 
going back to the mountain. She goes back to Celeste. One second. You're fired. Damn. Ice cold. You're not alone. Ah! Scooter. I love her. And I can't close the door because then she's going to pull on the door. Just wander over there. Think about something else for a second. Hmm. It's impossible. Ah! I have such mixed feelings. You know what? I'm just going to move this bag outside. I'll be not outside, okay. outside, but outside of my room. Yeah. All right. <laughs> How did you get back in here? What? You're an idiot. You're a dumb dummy. Wow. All right. True. So, <laughs> so one of the things that are that I thought were most interesting or or uh, Im- impressive about like or I don't know the things that stayed with me. That section kind of... She goes back to the mountain, Celeste, and it takes a little while for part of me, Badeline, to show up again. This idea of uh, you miss this part of you. Because when she leaves the mountain, she's no longer able to see this separate um, manifestation of herself, of the, of those darker uh. parts of, of that anxiety um, and depression, self-doubt. What the fuck? What are you doing? She's <laughs> just looking at me with her mouth open. You're the worst person I know, Scooter. The very top of the list of worst people. Wow. Wow. That's saying something. Yep, I know a lot of bad people. Yeah. <laughs> she goes back because... <laughs> We're just going to ignore it for the rest of the... We're almost done. I know. it's, But that's that's my... Mental illness is that I'm struggling to ignore it. I feel like yeah, this is a lesson to learn for me to just cool it. And there I go. Mm. So she doesn't go to Granny dies. Spoilers, everybody. Oh. Granny dies. Uh, she is a real person who dies. She's not a dream. The mountain is real. Other spoilers. Okay. Um, she her body no longer is living. Madeline does not go to the funeral. Feels bad about it and. And is can't, like can't bring herself to go to the funeral and the the guilt associated with that, which I think kind of you know brings us back to this idea of like there are things that are very hard to do, and sometimes we're not able to do them. Uh, and going mm. to this person that you cared about to their funeral that can be something that's really hard. Um, I know I've had experience in my life when people I knew but didn't like know super well, um, but cared about passed on and how hmm. torn it is um i was to go or not go to that funeral sure or to see them i i remember i don't know there there's just i think i can connect to that um that guilt and the, like that uh hesitation to interact with that grief and the like sense of that you owe that person but you can't make that up so i, I mean i think that's like a complex dynamic that they've set up in that relationship it's a different. So you go under the mountain. Uh, there's like a cave rather than trying to get to the mm. top. Okay. And you're finding this like heart of Celeste rather than like the summit, which I think makes narrative sense that we're kind of going to a different place. Sure. It's not as tied to it's and the idea that like you're gonna come up against these like hard things 
And as much as you're, Madeline's now more aware of, or has kind of grappled with that anxiety and self-doubt, um, it doesn't go away. Part of me shows up later and again as an ally, but it's mm. a slightly different dynamic to that like celebratory hooray, we've done it. Um, still, again, still an ally, but the relationship is slightly different. It's a shorter, sure. it's a chapter rather than like the whole game. So it is this like mm. self-contained little section. You see Theo for a little bit in the beginning. You're just checking up with him. He's also a real human, so that's fun. <laughs> sure. But yeah, I don't know. I think it does uh, similar things to the larger game in a more compact space and also kind of deals with a similar but different way that interacting with humans is hard. Uh, well, that's true. But there you go. Yeah, I don't have anything to say about it because I didn't do any part of it didn't even look at it that's okay that's all right but yeah celeste pretty hard celeste sure is yeah um yeah i don't know if you like platformers play it yeah although if you've already listened to all this um i mean i don't know the experience is very different than just hearing about the story and the themes Um, yeah if you like hard platformers maybe you'll have a lot of fun yeah and you'll listen to some good tunes while you do it. Think That's about true. your emotions. Definitely. You know, your relationships to people, your relationship to your emotions. It Whoa. could be great. Yeah. Probably. So enjoy it. I sure. don't want to play it anymore. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, respect what it is. Not for me. Um, I think a fun thing to do to close out episodes is just throw out one thing that we're liking this week in the world or in the game uh in the world we talked about things we like and don't like about the game plenty i think that's true great point what what, will you go you you go first give me a sweet example i didn't even have an idea um gosh what did i do you know, I mentioned it before, but uh, still enjoying the podcast, The Shrieking Shack. Yes. Good show. Uh, you know, a lot of interesting thoughts about Harry Potter and how weird and sometimes stupid it is. Beautiful. Uh, I'm just going to do a podcast like you. I'm going to steal your idea. That's fucked up. <laughs> there is this podcast, uh, Boners of the Heart. Okay. Which hadn't had an episode since 2020. And wow. right, they released one in December, but I totally didn't even notice. Uh, and then I noticed it today and I started listening to it. So loving it. It's uh, nice. Two New Zealand comedians just being hilarious. That's fun. Yeah. So they're pretty great. Good, good stuff. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, yeah, as we always say. Be nice to us. Mm-hmm. Um, We're always saying that. Yeah. If you have some thoughts about the video game Celeste or maybe the other games that we've played recently, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, hit us up. Right now, I still think probably the best way to get at us is on Instagram at Pac-Man Search for Meaning. Yeah, 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 we'll yeah. probably have an email eventually, but who emails anymore? Yeah, that would be you weird. Know? Although, yeah. if you do want to email us, I'm not saying don't email us. But that's a little, just know it comes with like a, why are you emailing us? 
Yeah, but, you know, also Instagram kind of sucks, so I wouldn't blame you. I don't know, all social media is weird. We might have to get on effing... I'm still not sure, and I'm going to say it out loud for the people on the show. I mean, I've already edited out the bad swear words in a couple of episodes, so that's already set. And I think I, I, I enjoy having this be um, not rated explicit. Yeah. But I can't help but swear sometimes, so I guess I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't so, know. Sorry for all the swears? Sorry for yeah, Scooter but, uh, making weird sounds? Sorry about that. What was I last thing? One of these days we might have to get on like co-host or Mastodon or one of those Ugh. things that's trying to be the new Twitter. But Ugh, man, <sighs> I don't. <laughs> okay, if we have to, it's okay. TikTok's gonna get banned in America, so which? What am I gonna do? How am I gonna I know, know about things? You're gonna have to get really into Instagram reels. Uh, I it's not as good. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, so, again, uh, if you have thoughts about games and want us to know how we're right, how we're wrong, how you're right, um, whatever, talk about it. As we always say, this is a discussion, and we don't know shit about shit, so love nope. to hear your opinions. Please. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.